We've been vegan for a while now, but what changed for us since we quit all the animal products? And let's not forget about the infamous B12. And what about breast milk and veganism? Let's, let's take, take a, a deep, deep dive, dive in. in a couple to go. Welcome to the sixth episode of our podcast, Hello, A Couple to Go. We haven't seen each other for so long. I well, was, heard we... each other, actually. <laughs> Are we supposed to start this thing again? I don't remember. <laughs> It has been, what, like 10 months? Even longer, I think. Oh, probably. Uh, we had some COVID technical difficulties, so... Gosh darn, it has been maybe almost a year. Uh, I don't even know. Oh, this feels so weird, recording mm, it. Yeah, we were thinking about recording one while we were in Slovakia, but uh, I, I think it just would have been such a mess in terms of editing to record, yeah, like, from yeah. like a Zoom podcast podcast or something. Me and Michael basically have been apart for uh, nine months because yeah. of COVID. Thank I went you, home. COVID. I went home to uh, see my family and then I got stuck there. Yeah. I got stuck in Slovakia and it took me forever to be able to well, come you, back uh, home. Yeah, at the time you, uh, I think your, your, your visitor visa was also ending. So you had you had to leave. You just didn't leave just to go see your family. You had to. And then... then uh, no, I still had some time. But I think only had like Okay, this is, this is completely irrelevant now. Okay, so today we wanted to talk about uh, veganism. We are both vegan. Uh, I think it's been like, what, two years? A year and a half? Probably approaching the two years, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we've started being vegan or like trying out veganism about the same time, both together. I was uh, trying to be more plant-based uh, a year before that already, and Michael kind of quit cold turkey and <laughs> became vegan overnight. Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of wanted to try for a while, but then, you know, doing it as a couple, I felt was um, easier for me. I feel like it was like a something we, would, we were doing more like together. It helps that Natalia is actually a good cook, so, you know. Thank you. <laughs> also, a little side note here that's not veganism related. Uh, we now have a cat. <laughs> So if you hear the little monster meowing, which is very possibly going to happen because he does meow a lot, well, it's a cat. It's kind of funny now that we have a cat now when we when we are vegan because cats are obligate carnivores. That yeah. means uh, Marvin needs to eat meat. I know that there are some like vegan cat food supplements. But really? I haven't heard of that. Yeah, but I'm not 100% sure. Like there's still, I think there's still not enough research. I'm like, don't quote yeah. me on this. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I know that dogs can be vegan and it's usually not such a big issue because mm -hmm. they're omnivores. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, like, dogs definitely eat yeah. more vegetables than cats. Yeah. Like, um, uh, I, I know some cats can enjoy like certain degree of like like vegetables like eating cucumbers and stuff like that yeah but uh it's definitely not all of them like marvin or like carrots and stuff yeah. but marvin everything that does oh, marvin's not the name of the cat but <laughs> oh yeah sorry uh yeah marvin is our cat we wanted to name him curie but then uh, when he adopted him um his name was already set and he was like we couldn't change his name we could change it but, but every time it was, like it was so appropriate we saw him and we're like okay oh, yeah he does look like yeah, a marvin it's it fine. is a marvin <laughs> <laughs> he does look like an old dude <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna keep the name he's yeah uh, He's now three years old, so he's not an old dude yet, but the name's gonna be fitting for a while. Yeah, so anyway, with the veganism, it's funny because the only, like, animal products we have in our kitchen now is cat food for Marvin. Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. We don't have any meat, any other animal mm -hmm. products. It's just for Marvin. And yep. at some point, we even had a whole chicken because we got it from your mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we had a whole chicken in our fridge just for Marvin. Yeah. And yeah, my, the whole uh, rest of the fridge was just vegetables for us. We, yeah, so when we started the whole process of, uh, of being be, becoming vegans, um, my mother was kind of in denial of it. And she ended up bringing uh, a whole chicken, uh, which stayed in the freezer for a while um, because obviously we were not eating meat and then we got Marvin <laughs> so the chicken had some use at the end of the day because you know Marvin, Marvin ate the chicken it was a little treat and he loved it <laughs> it was kind of interesting with your mom though because I think she just thought it's a face like oh yeah they are experimenting with it but uh, they're <laughs> yeah. not gonna stick or she was thinking that it's like, oh yeah, the vegan means eating more greens. <laughs> <laughs> well, she also didn't really know um, what it was. Like, it took me a while to, like, get her to understand exactly what it, what it entailed in terms of, like, nutrition. Uh, and even now, she's asking me, is that vegan? Is that vegan? Like, can, are, are you allowed to eat eggs? Are you allowed to... It's so easy, though. Like, it's I think it's easier to explain than vegetarianism or pescatarianism <laughs> or that, yeah. whatever. Because there's literally no animal products point <laughs> yeah. it's so easy i think i don't know i find it easy to understand but i know that my dad has struggled with it too yeah. and he was like so you don't even eat like cheese yeah that cheese is from like milk you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was actually surprised though that she was uh she was super interested in it after a while when, when she got past the like the phase where she was doubting um, she started to be more interested in it and then she uh, she was asking me like for certain tips regarding it or you know like uh, not necessarily recipes but she was trying to make certain recipes when I was visiting her and stuff like that just to keep it you know as vegan as possible um, so that, that, which is really sweet I really yeah. appreciate when people do yeah. it like people that are not vegan themselves and then exactly. they try to accommodate you that's really really nice my yeah. grandma was also trying and then she realized that uh, the traditional uh, mushroom milk soup uh, mm -hmm. from Slovakia yeah, that she was always making tastes actually better with soy milk <laughs> so now she's making it with soy yeah. milk there's some there's uh, like I was really surprised when we did the transition that there's actually certain things that I really enjoy more with uh, vegan products instead of like you know what I used to use like for coffee for example I used to put milk in my coffee uh, and then I realized that oat milk and coffee is actually a lot better than just regular milk it just fits coffee really well it's just earthy I honestly and, don't like yeah. the smell of cow's milk anymore <laughs> especially I, reheated reheated cow's milk is just yeah. weird and I'm, I worked in a cafe <laughs> in Slovakia for like half a year so yeah. I had to smell a lot of cow's milk mm. but we're gonna get to that it's something I want to touch on later. Yeah. Okay, so much. I guess for the intro, I'm just going to sum up what we actually want to talk about today. Uh, yeah, so be because of our experience, I guess like now it's long enough that we can uh, reflect back and see what changed for us, what stayed the same, what are our thoughts on veganism, and maybe also some fun or not so fun facts about animal products. Maybe also some problems we run into from time to time, but yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot more positives. Mm -hmm. And I generally can say that going vegan was a really good life choice yeah. for multiple reasons. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, I think it's 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 good that we keep keep it kind of lighthearted because you know neither of us is nutritionist. We did obviously did some research when it comes to like nutrition and you know the do's and don'ts of being vegan. Um, 
Nutrition and nutrients is actually a really good point because I think that a lot of people who try to go vegan, they do it wrong <laughs> um, because they just go vegan without actually uh, looking at the nutrients. They Because a lot of people that are omnivores that eat like mm -hmm. the regular diet, they don't really look in at ingredients, they don't really know what's in their food mm -hmm. um, and then they go vegan and they think they can just continue like that. But I think with veganism, you need to have a better understanding of what you eat i think we all actually should yeah. have a better understanding I, 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 of I what we eat i think that's honestly one of the uh positive side that like veganism brought to us is that we i think we, we looked more into the f kind of food that we eat and what it brings to us everyone should be more aware of what they yeah, eat for but like sure. like it, i think it enabled us yeah. to do that and i like that's one of the really positive things that i see the like how, how being vegan affected us yeah because the interesting thing is actually that uh yeah there's so much like media coverage about oh yeah vegans have uh uh not sufficient uh, amounts of this and this vitamin and b12 is a huge thing mm -hmm. we're gonna get uh to that yep. uh but the truth is that omnivores have the same issues that there's just some nutrients that uh vegans need to uh look at closer and like watch out for more mm -hmm. but um it doesn't mean that people who aren't vegan have a perfect diet there are so many people there's just, there's so much issues oh, yeah. with like 100%. bad diets and like a lot a lot of health issues come from yeah. uh, malnutrition, and malnutrition is a huge issue among oh, yeah, omnivores as well. And le le and let's be honest, being vegan doesn't mean you're eating properly. Yeah, the, yeah, be you can be vegan and eat uh, Oreos all day, which are vegan, by the way. Accidentally vegan. <laughs> and uh stuff like that or you can uh go vegan and you know have a balanced diet mm -hmm. with also some oreos but i don't know salad <laughs> is the first thing that popped to my mind but vegans don't eat only salads it's just i don't Let's know stay away from salad <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, like no. The, the, I think that the important word here is like having a balanced. Yeah, diet. exactly. Like yeah. because you eat uh, like fried tofu every day, even if it's tofu, it doesn't mean it's going to be healthy. Like at the end of the day, you're still eating fried stuff, which is yeah. You, know, you need to have um, all the colors of the rainbow <laughs> in your food, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's usually a safe bet to go with. Um, exactly, but it's not that hard. I promise. Really, not that hard. I have to say, though, at that, this point, that um, there are people for who veganism is just not an option mm -hmm. because um, they have some health issues, and I don't want to downplay that. Um, like, my mom, for example, she uh, there's a huge list of foods she can't eat, mm -hmm. and she, uh, for example, can't eat... Uh, any um, bean products and like bean related plants yeah. I don't know uh, mm -hmm. how to say that in Not English sure. well she just has a hard time uh, finding um, certain nutrients also protein because there's just a big list of things you can't eat mm -hmm. so uh, for her veganism is not really an option yeah. but she doesn't eat um, a lot of other animals product animal mm -hmm. products she just has to eat meat sometimes yeah. just because she isn't able she to eat yeah, yeah she just yeah can't but there yeah. there are people like this and um obviously also um just where you grow up yeah. like um country-wise income-wise and everything like i'm not gonna pressure uh, <laughs> a native person to an island where there is just fish to have yeah. uh, to try no. to go vegan like i don't yeah. think it's uh, really 
the ideal is like of course to have everybody be vegan because that would be the best for the planet and the animals but it's just not a viable option mm -hmm. not everybody can go vegan but that's why it's so important to go more plant-based in richer countries like in the western mm -hmm. world and east asia yeah. as well etc and that's why i think the, the the nutrition conversation is really interesting so what we've seen in North America in the past years is uh, that the consumption of meat has been very, very prevalent in nutrition. Like usually people, when they have a meal, they have a protein, uh, which is usually meat, and then a side dish. So like it's very ingrained in the mentality. But if you look at other countries in the world, for India, for example, they have a lot of regions that uh, have a really, really high percentage of vegetarians. And the thing is, is uh, some of these places, people are not um, vegetarian necessarily by choice, but because it's just what's available to them. It's it's a kind of a perspective of opportunity, right? And yeah, like even, sorry to no, jump into this, but even me, I'm coming from Slovakia and in my family, uh, I've been talking about this with my grandparents. When they were my age, they had meat maybe like once a week and even that sometimes uh, wasn't the case like once every two weeks or something. And it was usually uh, chicken and like beef they had maybe mm -hmm. like, wow, once a half year or something. Yeah. Um, it's not at all comparable to the meat consumption we have nowadays. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the part of why I find the discussion so interesting because obviously it's not a gray, a, a gray, a black and white uh, conversation, right? There's a different perspective, different opportunities, and everyone lives according to different standards and different um, lives. Uh, but in general, the goal is to head towards a world where there's less animal products in our everyday consumption because that's what that's what's best for the planet. That's what's best for us and for many other reasons or lab grown uh, meat <laughs> yeah that's a, that that's is true. also uh, something that i actually would try <laughs> yeah oh 100 would try that as well um we're not quite there yet, but it, we're, I, I believe we're getting really really close they're actually they're actually like been successful attempts of creating like um fake meat i guess yeah in, in labs. it's just not enough yet to uh, yeah, not fast exactly. enough to make it uh, available for mm -hmm. everybody yeah, mass production. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the conversation to me is really... Uh, I like talking about it because it's about creating a conversation that's healthy and that's respectful about everyone's kind of consumption habit and see where... It, 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 it's kind of an introspection about our, our um, presence and our, our, our the consequence of our existence on the world. Well, I think the ultimate goal is to um, achieve good health for everyone, for the humans on this planet, for the planet we live on, and for uh, the animals that live on it with us. Because mm -hmm. not just the animals that are suffering in the meat production, in the dairy production, etc. It's also the humans. Like, what's going on in slaughterhouses is really something. <laughs> Yeah, we were talking about the slaughterhouse uh, situation a few days ago, and I was looking into it, and surprisingly, there's not a lot of studies on the mental impact of, you know, working in a slaughterhouse, which I personally picture it as being a pretty dreadful experience. Like, you just see you just see documentaries and videos of, like, how it is, and I'm just like, I would not want to work in those conditions. It's, like, it looks very distressing. Um, but there are some studies that... There are uh, some studies. Uh, for example, the, in the journal work, they uh, evaluated 137 workers that worked at an industrial beef packing plant in Nebraska, and they found that 4.4% uh, of uh, the workers there had uh, sensory processing disorder, which is uh, about 20% higher than in the, in the general population. 20% uh, higher? That's a big number. That, yeah, exactly. It's very significant. Um, and what does it mean? 
basically means that you experience um, senses differently, whether it be that you're more sensitive to certain things or less sensitive to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in what I read, they didn't really specify if it was more or less, if there was like a, like in, in slaughterhouse workers, if it was more prevalent towards one or the other. Uh, though I would imagine less sensitive to certain things, but... Uh, well, it makes again. sense to yeah. be less sensitive because you are surrounded by not pleasant smells and uh, usually in like either super brightly LED lit rooms or like darker places depending on where you work mm-hmm. and like which station in the slaughterhouse yeah, yeah. It, it's also emotionally like, draining yeah exactly like right. animals are not quiet when they die mm-hmm. they yeah. scream they cry yeah some of the some of the workers when they were getting interviewed they were reporting um, nightmares about work especially in the first you know in the beginning in the first few weeks when they were working there about like you know higher anxiety uh, uh, like very very bad dreams uh, dreaming about work all the time so like I mean it's easy to imagine this being the case like because the, the situation in a slaughterhouse is probably not fun to work but I'm, uh, again yeah. imagine it being fun and I also saw a study, but uh, I don't remember the exact numbers anymore, that this was a while ago, that talked about uh, also mental health effects on uh, slaughterhouse workers. Mm -hmm. And it was a study done on PTSD, and it found that uh, working in a slaughterhouse um, over a certain amount of time um, can result in similar symptoms uh, as people have that come back from war, like veterans, etc. experience PTSD, and the percentage of slaughterhouse workers do that too and that's not really something um other jobs bring with them like you're not yeah. gonna have an office worker with ptsd but maybe somebody but you know what i'm <laughs> trying to say here it's just not a good job and yeah if you want to buy the meat that you are gonna have on your plate somebody has to kill that animal for you mm-hmm. so you are actually helping to uh, support this industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I think at the end of the day, that's kind of like um, our, the, the take that we have when we, we say like about not consuming meat products, that we don't buy it because it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't encourage this kind of industry that's one, very, very inhuman, and two, that's very, very bad for uh, the environment in general. No, the meat industry, uh, I'm not sure if this is the number one polluter or it's among, it's definitely among the top three polluters Mm -hmm. of our planet, especially beef and just generally the meat industry is horrible for our planet. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, for sure. If if all the, 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 the farmlands and everything were transitioned like instantly to um, plant based agriculture, the impact on the environment is drastically different. I highly encourage you look up some numbers on this. It's insanely impressive. Like it's just, the difference is astonishing. And people will often say like, oh yeah, soy, but you know, uh, all the vegans, uh, soy has a big impact on uh, mm-hmm. the planet, like soybeans, but all the vegans are eating it, blah, blah. Yeah, but like 80% of uh, the soya beans that are being um, produced are to feed animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and even if even if the number of vegans would be higher, it would be st- you would still need less soya to feed the vegan population. Even if the whole world would go yeah. vegan, you still need less than to yeah. feed all the animals. And you know, also water. Like the, there's the, a wa- huge water crisis. It's 
insane uh, how much water. Uh, I'm gonna actually look up some numbers because this is really something. Mm -hmm. And the the really interesting thing about this too is that yes, soy is not the greatest thing in terms of agriculture, but the more people actually have a plant-based um, nutrition, the more alternatives and the more other products get like grown and developed, like lentils, for example, lentils are like not dam damaging at all for the environment or very, like a lot less than other products and they're a great source of um, a lot of nutrients that you need uh, and then we can transition the numbers that you have yeah so uh, the water footprint on food a beef steak one beef steak takes 674 gallons of water to like to produce it that's a lot of water isn't it a hamburger uh, includes the bread meat lettuce and tomato is 660 gallons but like the biggest chunk of it is mm -hmm. of course the meat um, and I'm just quick for comparison uh, one cup of coffee takes 34 gallons and uh, one bowl of salad including tomato lettuce cucumbers like the mm -hmm. whole bunch of vegetables is just 21 gallons compared to the 674 for one steak yeah the difference is it, it, it's crazy. But uh, to get away from the numbers a little bit and come back to our uh, experiences out of it, uh, for you, how was the, how did you experience the year and a half? Did you, like, were, were you curious at some point to go back and try meat or, like, did you have some cravings or how was it? So, I didn't really have big cravings um, up until now when I was in Slovakia. It was, like, a year later. And I was just curious. It wasn't even a craving. I was curious. Mm -hmm. to see how meat tastes to me now mm -hmm. if I still enjoy it because I, I loved meat I really loved meat mm -hmm. um, I loved ham I loved um, also steaks and etc <laughs> yeah. um, and I was just curious I wasn't staying at my parents place um, when I was in Slovakia and they eat meat so they would have um, regular ham mm -hmm. uh, plus I bought for myself some vegan ham that's mm -hmm. made out of I think that one specifically was mainly made out of peas okay um, and was I was comparing those two I like didn't eat a lot but I took one slice of the uh, regular ham and I tried it and I just had such a different memory of how it tasted like mm -hmm. now when I tried it it was just salty. Yeah. It didn't have any taste to me <laughs> right now. It yeah. was just salty. And the vegan ham was so much tastier to me. I tried the same thing with uh, with chicken too, with like mm -hmm. a little piece of chicken. Same thing. It just didn't taste any like anything to yeah. eat to me. It tasted like the spices you prepared yeah. it with. And I can totally relate to that to that uh, experience because I like I work in the event industry, right? And uh, the, the the big thing about the event industry that's really bad is that there's a lot of food wastes. And I think in restoration in, in general, it's it, it it's a big issue. But in the event industry, especially, it's really really bad. Um, it happens that once we get to the end of an event, food's about to be thrown out, right? And personally, if there is for for example, if there's a like piece of lamb or whatever at the end of the event and it's about to be thrown in the garbage, even if I don't buy and consume animal products in my life, in my everyday life, if it's about to be thrown in the garbage, I'd rather eat it if I'm hungry than throw it in the garbage. And personally, I don't have a problem.
problem with that. I know some people have it, like would have an issue with that, like being vegan and then um, like that doesn't mean that um, Michael eats a lot of meat. Uh, yeah, just, exactly. It happens sometimes. Well, now during COVID, you L- weren't yeah, working, exactly. so I guess now you were actually like vegan, vegan when you <laughs> want to be strict about it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, in Michael's case, like, it's gonna go either in the garbage or in Michael's belly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that animal died for this meat to be able to be served. Yeah, exactly. So what's worse, like, the animal died and then got thrown in the garbage, or the animal died and then actually was... Michael gets at least some nutrients from it. Yeah. Like, it's... Of course, it's not ideal. Yeah. Um, but in this situation, like it, it just imagine dying and then being thrown away in the yeah, garbage. Exactly. And and like dying, and the reason you died is because you were to be used as food, and then you're thrown out in the garbage and not actually like it's. I, I just feel like it's a bigger waste of a life if like. And I know, I know it's uh, it, it's kind of tricky, but I don't know. For me, it's it, it feels better to if I can avoid it. I don't like at the end of the day, like at the end of an event, if there's like all kinds of stuff that's going in the garbage, and I can avoid eating meat, I I'm gonna avoid eating the meat because I don't particularly enjoy eating the like meat anymore. Like to refer back to Natalia's experience like when i try it it basically just feels like the spices as well like uh like a piece of steak for example it tastes like the steak spices like the salt the pepper like everything that comes with it the, the steak itself like uh, i find that usually it, like it doesn't have you know anything special in terms of taste um, and michael used to love steak yeah. before he went vegan <laughs> exactly so like and it's the same thing for a lot of a lot of other products as well right um i just feel like I don't know. we've been growing up with these tastes so we got used to them mm-hmm. and um, we liked them because that's what we ate during childhood, etc. And during the biggest part of our life. Mm-hmm. And now when we got our taste buds used to something else, we realized that we actually don't really like it that much. And it was more out of just... Habits. Habits, yeah. yeah. And th- th- that's something that's really uh, big in, in, when I, I talk about my veganism with other people that are not necessarily vegans uh, I find that I'm, I have a really easy time connecting with people uh, and I work with chefs I work with waiters I work with a lot of people that for them they would never quit eating meat um, but when when I have the discussion with them I don't feel like they're against the view of it I just feel like when they talk with uh, people about veganism they always they always feel like they are being heavily judged like how there's no there's no like perspective and there's no it, it's it's just a black and white statement yeah and there's something and this is something I really hate too either from vegans themselves or from uh, people uh, outside of um, yeah. yeah other people <laughs> um, that yeah either you are 100% vegan or you're not a vegan mm-hmm. and that is just not viable for everybody and also I think shaming somebody for it that's not gonna help yeah. to uh, reduce all these exactly. issues like I myself I call myself vegan but I wouldn't say I'm 100% vegan I may be like 90 eight percent vegan <laughs> yeah. just because there are sometimes situations where there isn't another option like for example uh when i travel and i fly for example mm-hmm. uh in planes there is not always a vegan alternative now they are introducing more and more uh yeah. vegetarian alternatives but many times it happened to me uh that when i uh was going back home or work-wise i was flying somewhere um 
I couldn't bring any food on the plane, depending on the company, depending on the, the airport, the place where you fly to, etc. Sometimes I can bring like a snack bar or like something yep. with me, but sometimes I can't bring any food on the plane. Yep. And what am I supposed to do when I'm flying to Japan, for example, for modeling, mm. and the flight is like 70 hours or sometimes even longer? I'm not supposed to eat anything. Hours. Oh, 17, sorry. <laughs> I'm not supposed to eat anything during 17 hours like yeah. no of course i'm gonna eat something mm -hmm. and if there is a vegetarian option i'm gonna take that i'm i'm gonna try to not eat um um animal food but if i have to i like yeah. <laughs> if it's that or starving <laughs> <laughs> and i think i think it we have to be logical about the conversation as well right because in a, like being realistic the world is not going to go vegan tomorrow no of course Ex and and that creates a situation where the important thing is to connect people with the idea more than trying to force them into it and also of course um not just people but companies and governments etc um i mean you see it also yeah demand is very important mm -hmm. and like choices of people you see that there is a higher demand for it and then therefore there's a lot more uh vegan products nowadays <coughs> that there have been a few years ago mm -hmm. um and the market is growing and growing which is amazing and you see that the the dairy and meat industry are pushing back like, oh yeah oh there's oh, i don't know if you if you um <laughs> notice this um, I also don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but in Europe, for example, um, there was uh, now a huge debate uh, over dairy products and dairy alternatives. Okay. Uh, so if you want to buy some oat milk or some almond milk, etc., mm -hmm. you uh, on the package it cannot say milk. It would be like almond drink, oat drink, etc., <laughs> because the milk industry is so scared. <laughs> Um, that people are gonna buy the yeah. the vegan alternative instead that yeah. they were lobbying hard and like <laughs> trying to push governments yeah. to ban um, ban the use, the, the use of word milk to yeah. make it exclusive to the dairy industry. Mm -hmm. um, but this year there actually has been an overturn for for this legislative really? and now uh, plant based dairy alternatives um, can be called milks again. Really, because this is. So honestly confusing. Like take the example of uh, it's also stupid, but uh, <laughs> it's also very confusing for the consumer because uh, take the example of coconut. Mm -hmm. There is a difference between coconut water or like a coconut yeah. like liquid and mm -hmm. coconut milk. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if both is named coconut beverage, coconut drink, then how the hell are you supposed to <laughs> know the difference? Yeah, exactly. And the meat industry has been doing like the same, the same shenanigan. Um, you when you walk through the store, like next time you walk to the supermarket, try to go to the aisle with the the vegan products and just notice the names. Mm -hmm. Like for example, uh, sausage uh, in Slo Slovak is parki, mm -hmm. and uh, so the vegan sausages would not be called parki but begarki or okay. you know like a similar word like Kinda a word, word. Play, yeah 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 or you know you replace one letter with something else mm -hmm. etc so uh but yeah 
Uh, this is because the meat industry just uh, is trying to do everything to um, keep people away from uh, like vegan products because then yeah. they are losing profit. Yeah, it's a threat to the, it's a threat to their business, right? Yeah, and, and not just the names, but also um, the place where in the supermarkets you can get the products. Mm. Uh, um, there is like very hard push on laws to keep vegan products out of um, the regular quote unquote aisles, like for example to put the uh, uh, vegan milks away from the, the cow's milk to put them in like health aisle like the yeah, health the section organic the thing, organic yeah. bio section of the store yeah um i think he wants to go outside give me one moment okay sorry we are back michael had to <laughs> open the balcony the for the beast. for our cat okay uh so where was i yeah the meat industry uh, trying to do not so uh nice um things mm, fighting for placement yeah yeah um and it's just like another example that shows how shitty the whole industry is um also keeping myths alive that for example oh yeah meat is necessary for growth or oh yeah milk uh, will make your bones stronger <laughs> etc in which is just stupid because milk is actually not good for the most of adult people like about 70% of the adult human population yeah. are lactose intolerant to some degree yeah well also it's not the milk that makes your bones stronger right? it's the calcium in the milk exactly and, and, and to be honest there's calcium in a lot of things other than milk that are a lot healthier than milk also uh, some other components of milk there are studies that show that milk might actually speed up osteoporosis mm. there is like conflicting studies but it's safe to say that milk will not make your bones stronger it's just uh, or at least it's, it's one of the lies the we've been told thing, yeah. yeah it's been it's one of the lies we've been told by the milk industry like um the happy cows on the milk cartons mm. uh, on the green grass like yes they are yeah. some small farms like this but the milk you buy was definitely not uh from a mm-hmm. it's definitely not from a cow that lived yeah. a life like that uh also like i as a kid like not even as a kid up until i became vegan <laughs> i thought that cows have to be milked like that they just produce milk because of how they were bred like mm. chickens like wild life chickens don't lay eggs all the time but because of how we bred the animals they uh, they do uh, like more regularly yeah. <laughs> and i thought that it's the same it's the same with cows that the way we just modify the animal over the years mm-hmm. it just produces milk but that's not the case in order for a female cow to provide milk it needs to get pregnant and give birth to a calf and only then it lactates same as humans Mm -hmm. which is an horrifying situation so yeah so that means that uh dairy cows in order for the protect for the production to be possible they are impregnated all Mm. the time and then separated from their children and then are milked and then this whole process repeats itself repeats itself and then in the end they die anyway because they are brought to slaughterhouses and killed for their meat so dairy cows have it actually worse than cows that are solely uh, bred for meat production. Also, um, something that is important to notice, uh, to say here, is that cows are 
actually quite intelligent animals and they form uh, very deep bonds with each other. Um, cows actually mourn their dead like humans. So when mm-hmm. some when another cow dies, they are sad and they sit next to the body, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so they experience sadness. Um, and when a mother is separated from their child, she cries and is like really sad and um, actually gets depressed uh, over time because they, she doesn't know where her child is. And that is just the animal aspect of the the production, like just the suffering of the animals. And then there's the whole ecological aspect. I find interesting... Oops, I just banged my hand against the table out of anger. (laughs) I find interesting also in this podcast how much we talk about animal suffering. Because when I started with veganism, I did it because of environmental reasons. That was not the priority. For Mm -hmm. me, veganism was about um, the environment, then also uh, health benefits. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of the year and a half, two years, I started to get more interested in the animal aspect of it it as well, Mm -hmm. but did not start out that way. And it's interesting because when I started to be vegan, I got a bunch of uh, DMs of people uh, saying that, "Uh, oh yeah, like now you don't care about the animals as much, but just see, over time you will. And (laughs) God damn it, they were were right. right. I had a few things that I wanted to say through your monologue, but uh, you just kept going, so I couldn't comment i'm sorry it's just i really hate uh what is happening in the dairy industry now when i know about it <laughs> and it's just uh it's just like a rabbit hole once you start looking into it um you learn more and more and more horrifying horrible things <laughs> yep I kind of like how this podcast just became bashing of the dairy industry. Fuck the dairy industry. <laughs> I can't say that word. Um, but you know what? This, sorry, sorry to jump in again, but you know what I had to think about now? What? Uh, if anybody watches Superstore, um, the human cheese. Oh, God. Boob, boob cheese. <laughs> boob milk. Boob milk okay, cheese. Okay, this was just a little insider for anybody who watches Superstore. Is, um... It's a good show. Like uh, We're not going to stay on it for long, but I, I started watching it with Natalia, and then I was like, yeah, I think you'd really like that show. And she was like, I don't really feel like it. And then she started watching it, and now she's watching it with Without me. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, w- I'm watching it mostly without with you. Like, <laughs> she's watching the. Epi- she's watching. I already mo- watched most of it, so she's watching what I already watched, but without me. But yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's basically a show about uh, people working in uh, in a Walmart, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of like a Walmart, or mm. for my Slovak listeners, like a Tesco. It's a gener- generic setting of a super store, like a Walmart or a Tesco. Yeah, and it's a comedy show about the workers there. Yeah, and one of them is trying to make a small business um, making cheese out of breast milk. <laughs> yeah, so kind of gross. We agree. Anyway, ah, actually, when they were talking about it's gross i was like yeah no is it though is it gross well the the idea of it i guess is not that bad but the way he did it which i don't want to spoil okay the way he did it in the show is disgusting but breast milk by itself and cheese made out of breast milk is not that gross to me i I still would not eat it but look it's it's the same logic as uh, cow's milk it also comes from an animal and like well yeah but if if... have you have you tried breast milk ever in your life no well maybe i was a baby i guess but well (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> wow, okay, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> I mean, uh, after you were done um, being a baby, <laughs> have you no, later in your life tried breast milk? Like, do you remember the taste? <laughs> no, I have not. No, no I don't. <laughs> and would you want to try it? I don't think so. I'm not particularly. I'm not particularly attracted to the idea. Um, so no, I don't think I would. Oh, I tried it when my sister was born. I yeah. tried it. It's nice. It tastes like milk mixed with honey. It's really? very sweet. Oh, that's interesting. See, maybe I would put it in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> See, so you would buy the the boob cheese and boob milk from the show. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's one alternative way to make it Putin, but then again, it's not vegan. Um, okay, this is a topic for another discussion, but, like, when you say breast milk is not vegan, then you're basically... It's, it, uh, okay, let's not even go there. I think breast milk is vegan because it's not, like... It's not an ex exploitative animal product. Well, we it's didn't a, really talk it's about a, it's, a basic, it's a basic necessity for a newborn, a human newborn, like babies yeah, need, in that need con breast in, milk. But, but like, in order to have it produced in a significant enough manner that it would be readily available for consumption, do you really think it would be harvested? <laughs> I want to use the word, but that sounds kind of weird. Oh my God, I just imagine huge factories of yeah, like, women uh, exactly. producing breast Oh god, that's like a handmaid's tale dystopian scenario. Yeah, very dystopian. Okay, so in that scenario, no. But I don't <laughs> want to shame any like mothers like feeding their kids. Of course, you're still vegan if you're if you feed your kid breast milk and your kid also like if you raise it vegan, it is vegan yeah. if you give him <laughs> breast milk him oh or god. her. Talking about dystopian, I just had this image of like like a milk factory like a, coming out of boobs, but like you know like just artificially created boobs so it's just like lines of boobs just hooked up like, and put it, yeah. no human no woman behind okay, it no so human no, behind no, no human just, suffering just, just boobs so like no human suffering yeah. involved so it's like lab grown boobs in a factory yeah and that produces and that produces <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, anyway. Okay, uh, let us know in the comments <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube if you would try uh, cheese made out of uh, human breast milk or if you, um, if you like, as an adult, tried breast milk. This is going in a really weird direction. I mean, but, I, mean uh, I, think, I, th I think we would get a lot of parents that would try it just because when you warm up breast milk, you usually try it to see if it's yeah, the proper... Yeah. yeah, so I'm guessing, yeah. like, a lot of yeses would be from parents. Yeah, but I, I heard so many people say, oh, yeah, the breast milk so disgusting blah, blah, blah. Yeah. but like, most of them are probably not parents yeah but like no breast milk is not disgusting it's like it's it's i don't even know how to say the proper <laughs> word but like yeah. it's one of the most natural things it's like as stupid as saying oh yeah uh period blood is disgusting no it's not but okay let's not let's not <laughs> go into um menstruation territory michael wanted to talk about calcium <laughs> <laughs> well not really i wanted to transition from calcium to something else called the B12. Yeah, B12. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, when we started the, uh, the, 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 the journey of veganism, um, the concern that I was hearing a lot, um, well, me especially for my mother, because she's the one that uh, had the most concerns about it, uh, was about nutrition and if I was getting enough vitamins and proteins and all that, you know, kind of shebang. Um, well, she was worried about you. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying like uh, she, she was, she was wrong about it. I'm saying, I'm saying that's one of the concerns that comes to mind when, when people talk about veganism. It's like, am I getting enough vitamins? Am I getting enough of this, enough of that? Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I'd say one of the more prominent um, worries is about B12 uh, or cobalamin, cobalamin. Co- co- I, I fucking know how to pronounce this in English. It sounds a lot better in French. Say it in French. Cobalamin. 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 It's a German word. I have no idea. Cobalamin. <laughs> Just say it with a different accent. Um, so yeah, B2, it's called B12 because it's easier. And but the Slovak one? Cobalamin. Ah, okay. Cobalamin. <laughs> but... I was doing some research on uh, on B12, and uh, what I found is actually really, really interesting. Because uh, we are taking some B12 supplements, because, you know, it's one of the nutrition thing that we, we thought was, you know, a thing that we had to do when we became vegan was like, okay, like most of the B12 we find nowadays in meat, um, so we have to take supplements to kind of like make sure we don't run into B12 deficiency. So yeah, um, B12 is one of the most important vitamins in our system because notably it is responsible for the maturation of red blood, uh, red blood cells in, our, in, in the bone marrow. And it's also uh, responsible for creating the, the myelin layer. I don't know um, if you know what that is, but the myelin, the me, for those who don't, the myelin layer is basically the uh, insulation um, sheet that's around your nerves to, you know, so the electricity stays in. Um, so it's important for healthy nerves and healthy blood cells. Yeah, exactly. So basically, when you don't uh, consume enough B12, um, you go, you develop something that's called anemia or B12 def- deficiency, and it causes you to be like super tired um, and have a, like a, a weaker body in general, and it's really, really, really dangerous. Uh, which is why it's one of the biggest concerns when people go vegan, uh, because if you don't consume enough of it, like anemia is very dangerous. Uh, but what I found out while looking into it is that B12 deficiency is actually super, super rare, even within uh, vegan, because the our body is especially good at storing uh, B12. Like, I, <laughs> I'm assuming it comes from, uh, like... An evolutionary perspective, because I'm like it was not always readily available uh, in in everyday consumption, so it has to it had to be stored for a longer period of time. But yeah, because B12 is not a part of uh, of regular foods that we eat, um, is actually uh, found in dirt. Yeah, it, um, well, it's, it comes from cobalt. Yeah, cobalt. Okay, but co- just, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, B12 <laughs> is in dirt, so people uh, back in the days um, when everything wasn't so sanitized. Mm-hmm. They would get B12 just because um, the food that they would collect would have a bit of dirt on it and they eat that. Um, and now uh, we have everything on like hygienic standards, which is great. But that also means that um, we lack B12 in our diets. So also um, for omnivores, like B12 is added to our food, also to meat, like cows, chickens, mm-hmm. etc. They don't have B12 naturally in them. Uh, it's added through uh, medicine, through shots, etc., or through their food. That yeah, is, or uh, that when they consume. yeah, or when they eat grass, they also consume like uh, you know. Yeah, but mass production yeah, animals yeah. don't consume <laughs> grass. <laughs> So it really doesn't make a big difference if you take a B12 supplement yourself directly or if the cow you then eat uh, takes the B12 supplement. Okay, so the interesting thing about B12, just put it in perspective, is that our body can actually store up to... Okay, like we're going in, 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 in little numbers here, but uh, let's try and make it simple. Our body can store up to 2,000 to 5,000 
micrograms of B12 uh, up to three to five years. So we can oh, wow. store we can store a big amount. Like well, just to put it in perspective, our body needs about two micrograms depending on a lot of circumstances. Like a pregnant woman or a breastfeeding woman is going to need more B12 uh, like every day than just a regular adult. But we can we we in, on average we need two micro two micrograms of two, two micro. <laughs> I'm trying to put it in perspective, which is voice because I can like, I can't show numbers. That's not visual. But an adult is going to need, on average, two, two micrograms of B12 a day. And our body can store 2,000 to 5,000 micrograms. That means that even if you stop like taking B12 today, you're most likely not going to show B12 deficiency symptoms for a few years. Mm. Which is why B12 deficiency is so rare. Because our body is just really, really good at storing it. But that's also, at the same time, the reason reason why b12 deficiency uh, is so dangerous because it's something that uh that is that it goes undetected mm -hmm. for a long time yeah. and um people for example they are used to eating meat and getting their b12 from the meat they yeah. don't take uh, supplements or don't look into the yeah. nutrition nutrition values of food they um become vegan mm -hmm. they are good for like a year or two or whatever and then it and hits then, them. then yeah. they start uh, developing a yeah. huge health of uh, issues um yeah i just want to say that this is something that also happens yeah i know 100 like i'm not saying don't be aware of what you're eating because it's not gonna happen it's just it like it just shows how important it is to be informed about it and like even us we're taking uh, b12 supplements and i have them with me and you know when, when i was saying that we need on average two micrograms of b12 a day the vitamins here that i have each pill contains a thousand micrograms so we're actually consuming a lot more B12 if we take these every day than what we actually need. Mm. But when when we go vegan, it's like, oh, make sure you have all the vitamins. Make sure, like, it, it just... Yeah, so if I forget to take B12... Yeah, it's not, it's not drastic. Like, like, you're not going to run into B12 deficiency yeah. if you don't take your, your B12 pill yeah. for a few days or a few, few weeks even. Uh, but also, like, the vegan cheese, they, they exactly, add yeah. to vegan products too. Uh, it's just that taking supplements puts you more on the safe side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of our like busy lives and everything, it's not always possible to have mm -hmm. like the super richest diet. So supplements are a safe way to go. But we don't eat like many supplements. We have the B12 supplement, then in the winter, uh, D vitamin. But that's something um for everybody. Yeah. Um. Also because of Canada. So. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's unrelated. And uh, for me personally, because of my uh, period, I have a pretty heavy menstruation and really low blood pressure. I also take iron. Iron is something I personally need. And a lot of menstruating women also mm -hmm. have iron deficiencies. Iron deficiency is actually much more common than oh, yeah. uh, than other deficiencies like B12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, uh, you're not the first person uh, that I hear that's having to take more iron. Uh, my mother had to take more iron when I was younger. Like, it was just there. I think it's just a, it's just a thing that, like, if you lose a lot of blood, you know, like, menstruating women, uh, it's kind of the thing that, you know, you should be aware of. Well, menstruating people. 
people. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are working on our vocabulary. Yeah, getting there. Um, trying to be more inclusive. It's just, yeah. you know, breaking old habits. Exactly. Um, and, you know, the, the thing about B12 too is that with the people having plant-based diet being more prevalent, having more and more vegans out there, uh, more and more of the food that we eat and we consume is fortified with B12 vitamins. Uh, and the interesting thing about Uh, fortified food is that the b12 you're going to find in example the the soy milk or you know other kinds of milk or whatever that's fortified with b12 vitamins is that those uh, b12 fortifications are actually much easier to process by our body oh, than the ones really uh, the, the ones you're going to find in meat yeah so for some people that uh, have uh, for example like uh, colon problems or, or um, that don't process food properly uh, it's a lot easier for them to absorb b12 coming from fortified food than coming from a piece of steak for example like my steak. my favorite vegan cheese that we finally found in in canada yeah. the bread is called uh, violife not sponsored but it's really fucking good <laughs> uh their parmesan cheese is so delicious and yeah. uh, all their cheese is also exactly really in them Hey, if Violife representative out there is listening and you want to sponsor, Please sponsor us. <laughs> I'll take all the Violife I can for free, you know what I'm saying? All right, do you have something else you want to add? I think we've been uh, we've been going at it for a while now. I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I just wanted to mention quick at the end uh, some pros and cons that we noticed on ourselves uh, during like, mm -hmm. our times of being vegan. Just how the vegan yeah. diet changed our lives. Just a quick list. Yeah. Because um, you were to we were talking about like uh, digestive problems. Yeah. So for me, uh, for a long time, I was having issues with bloating mm -hmm. so not just during my period but yeah. um overall like i i am a super skinny person uh but i would eat something and i would bloat right away mm -hmm. and it doesn't didn't really matter what it was definition of food baby. or not even yeah <laughs> even now i still have a food belly sometimes but it's mostly around the time of my period when i get more bloated Yeah. Overall, though, after going vegan, it really helped me with bloatiness. Like, I don't get bloated almost never, except for, like, my period mm -hmm. times. Uh, or when I really eat a lot of food or, like, trigger or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, back uh, when I was omnivore, I would eat, like, a piece of... I don't know, chicken or just a, just a cheese sandwich, yeah. I would get bloated as hell. Mm -hmm. um, and it's for those of you who have the same issue, you know how unpleasant that is. Mm -hmm. um, I would generally have uh, digestive issues and stuff like that. So that got a lot better mm -hmm. since I became vegan. Yeah. Generally, I feel like I don't hit as like, big like lows during the day. Uh -huh. You know, like tiredness, I mean. Uh, I feel like my energy is much more balanced during the day mm -hmm. i don't crash so much and if uh, i am really tired i feel like i need shorter naps to get me back okay. on track interesting um another thing uh, that made a huge difference for me is something uh, called food coma <laughs> so when you eat a lot you get like super tired and just not able to do much yeah um i don't really get that anymore like i I eat a lot, um, but I don't feel as heavy after yeah. eating one. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what you mean. Um, and just generally, I feel like health-wise, it's, it's been yeah. going pretty well. Uh, like, I was trying to see if my period would get better, because some people were, were saying that. Uh, for my period, I can't really say uh, if 
it was veganism that helped it because I feel like it got a bit better but at the same time I also uh, wasn't taking uh, contraceptive like the pill anymore so yeah I think it was maybe mm. a combination of it I still get like bad periods but um, I feel like I have they are like the bad periods mm-hmm. the really bad days I feel like are shorter like it's not a whole week of bad days anymore yeah. but I don't really know if that's like if yeah, it was well, what it was there's a lot of things that you change well know. there's also like uh, you become more conscious about your coffee consumption in your oh yeah that too actually like yeah, there's a lot no. of, you've been looking into it a yeah, lot in the past yeah. year and a half so coffee for example makes my cramps much worse and things like that so i was just generally looking more into nutrition but veganism was one of the things that made me look into nutrition so i don't know honestly i i can't say from this part but i know that people have been saying that it helped with their period so uh considering things that got worse uh with veganism i don't really have a point there just um i guess convenience from a perspective of um when i'm somewhere not always there is like vegan alternatives Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting like much better over the years. Like mm-hmm. just yeah, the, the flying thing that I mentioned. Like when I flew with Air Canada, like the last time, they mm-hmm. had a vegan op- vegan alternative. You could check like if you want vegan. Yeah, food. you need so, to tell them usually ahead yeah, of time if you yeah. have like a yeah. But yeah, they they yeah. do now. Like travel wise, sometimes you go to countries where you just can't like mm-hmm. have vegan alternatives. Yeah. But uh, else than that, like I don't really have any issues. Just yeah. yeah. No, for for me, what's a big pro? I I would say about veganism is that it didn't change much for me which is for me i consider it to be a big yeah a big that's pro. a big benefit like yeah. I, I don't feel like i'm spending more money on food yeah exactly i that's also something that people say but that's because when you eat only uh like the vegan alternatives to i don't know meat the cheese etc like yeah vegan cheese is more expensive than regular yeah. cheese but that's you, literally as if like you you would buy like marinated meat from the grocery store and eat it every day like it's yeah. gonna be hella expensive if you do yeah. that like it depends on like it depends what you eat you can be vegan and spending more money on food but you can also go vegan and uh spend less money on food than when you were omnivore yeah exactly like, it really like depends uh, on the person yeah exactly how you spend your money yeah and when it comes to do vegetables and stuff it's the same principle like if you get something that's on if you if you base your, your diet around the stuff that's in season and stuff that's like not as expensive of course if you try to buy mangoes in the middle of winter it's like you're gonna pay for it right yeah so like, that's also a big aspect of like sustainability that we haven't really touched on like seasonal mm-hmm. food like local and seasonal food but yeah this as you can see this this to- conversation this it's topic so is much very to rich yeah. there's so yeah. much to say and for me like I, i'd say i guess the big con for me would be that um, like i'm a big I'm, I, I i love putin uh for those who don't <laughs> know what it is yet i, I know we, we we probably talk about putin a decent amount but for those who don't know what putin is it's basically uh fries cheese curds and, and gravy um so obviously not vegan um but uh it's 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 a that I, I i love and it's it's kind of a con because i can't i'm, I'm not having it as much as i would have before but at the same time i'm discovering the vegan alternatives too yeah, like there found, is there is vegan putin right found, and uh, we found really good yeah and so exactly some of, some of them are good and then it's getting better as well yeah. in terms of like the quality of the cheese and and oh, i mean vegan cheese 
Um, I think what I could like kind of compare it to, not like what Putin is, but the feeling of mm-hmm. uh, what Michael like is experiencing. The issue is like um, for my Slovak listeners, brinzové halušky. So uh, brinza is not vegan. Um, so basically mac and cheese, but like fancy. But not at all mac and cheese. <laughs> God, now you're insulting the whole Slovak kitchen. I'm sorry. I actually, I actually did try it for the first yeah. time I went to Slovakia. It's really good yeah i really enjoyed it yeah so uh for that um like i can compare it to that but also um i i have a a cooking book uh that has a vegan um halushki recipe i haven't tried it yet so i need to try it but uh i just want to compare it to like there's so many restaurants in slovakia um that serve brinzove halushki and i haven't found a vegan brinzove halushki restaurant Slovakia yet so really? if you have any tips um, <laughs> let me know <laughs> but yeah in terms of pros and cons I think like uh, it, like I haven't seen much difference like I have I have better energy yes I'm not as I'm not as like tired when I eat big portions of food like I think I would have the same kind of issue when I would eat like a big portion of meat where after that I would need to sit for like an hour just to like kind of process it mm-hmm. um, and I don't really get that anymore um, I think it's the same yeah. just the same as I, yeah. I have uh, just one important thing I want to add is that uh, um, so when you when you switch your diet, um, your bacteria in your intestines need some time to adapt. So for the first month or two of you being vegan, you might experience more bloatiness, uh, but that will go away. And if it doesn't go away, go see a doctor. But um, it should go away. Also, the funny thing about not eating cheese or drinking milk is that um, I like I did have a Putin um, after not having any dairy for a while. And let me tell you something. My body was not prepared for dairy products at all. And um, I don't I don't think I'm like lactose intolerant at this point. But like it felt like it was. You, you might be like lactose um, sensitive. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Oh, actually, see, we didn't talk about this. There yeah. So, uh, so when I was in Slovakia, you worked as a barista for about half a year, and uh, when you create um, coffees with milk in them, like the milk foam, um, you have some excess milk, like milk that's just not used, you know, you foam it and then it's a bit too much sometimes. Um, Over the time I got better at it, at like reducing my milk waste, but uh, there is like at the end of the day, there's some milk that gets thrown away. and um, so with that thrown away milk, I did the kind of like the same experiment as with the meat. I tried to make myself a cappuccino with that milk that would get otherwise thrown away. And and both of the times uh, I tried that, um, I would have belly aches after that and I would get super bloated, which I did not have the same problem with almond milk or soy milk mm-hmm. or oat milk, etc. Yeah, I just saw that our body gets used to different things, right? When, and, and it's really interesting in the case of milk because it's basically like you get you're not being you don't tolerate more it's I, I don't know, I feel like it's weird, but it's it's probably But I normal. think I think we had the same problem before too, we just didn't notice it. I don't know, uh, like uh, the belly aches that I'm feeling now when I eat I cheese. I worse than before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe. 
Um, but for me, at least, like, I would get bloated before, too. Mm-hmm. So I think I actually am lactose intolerant. I just didn't know it. Fair enough. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I think we came to the end of this <laughs> podcast. I'm just looking at the time now. And yeah, uh, yeah a... we talked for a while. If you like this podcast, if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, we would be very happy if you would leave a like or a comment or support us by sharing this podcast. We'd be very grateful if you would leave us a review. Mm -hmm. Hopefully good. Hopefully. (laughs) Uh, Please don't leave us uh, bad reviews just because uh, you don't agree with some things we said in this podcast. Actually, if Uh, you don't agree with something we said in this podcast, please leave a comment. We can talk. Yeah, but don't be like, oh, one star because (laughs) uh, you talked about breast milk and I find that (laughs) disgusting. (laughs) Uh, breast cheese we're gonna talk about this one for a while if you wanna hear or see more from us uh, I have a YouTube channel which is in Slovak though so for Slovak and Czech listeners or people who speak those languages uh, you can also check out our Instagram accounts it's at Natalia Muchova or at michael.leb and I have also a TikTok account that you can check out as well the next time we would like to talk about uh, LGBTQ plus rights and mm. just in the in the spirit of uh, the Pride Month, which yeah. is going on currently. And then there are also some news from Europe that I would like to discuss uh, with human rights, etc. There is some shitty things happening in Hungary. Um, and yeah, also just the Slovak people are reacting to it really badly, unfortunately. But that's going to be a topic for for the next episode and hopefully this time there's not a global pandemic that's gonna push us away and prevent us from doing another podcast for nine months yeah also in our last episode we uh, mentioned that we wanted to talk about racism with some people that we have over uh we're gonna do that eventually too but it's on the list it's, just, it's uh, on the list like there have been some things going on and just some scheduling issues and covid and etc so uh but we have it on our minds we definitely um not forgetting about this Thank you so much for listening and we see here or whatever each other uh, at the next episode of our podcast, uh, Couple to Go. Bye. Bye.